welcome back to the F1 101 podcast with Brandon and Olivia. This week we're doing a quick and short episode. We're talking uh, Barcelona track. So this is probably not the track everyone's looking forward to the most. I mean, Brandon, are you jazzed about next race? I'm jazzed any week there is an F1 race. That's but fair. there's a consensus that this track is kind of one of the duds. I mean, it's been around a while. They do a lot of winter testing there, so the teams are really familiar with it. Yeah, and the drivers know it in and out. We've got two Spanish drivers. It's, you know, Barcelona's a cool city and a cool country. It seems like it would be a kind of high-profile race, and yet they just say kind of year after year, it's just the races are never very good. So I can't really speak exactly to why this is true if you want to like you know look up track ranks you know the you know the best to the worst Barcelona is always going to be it's always low yeah um but I'm excited about for any race I come on on the same mindset as you I love a race weekend I'm I'm here to like I'm here to show up and just like enjoy every minute of it um so I thought let's like reframe this question about Barcelona being kind of this womp womp of a track and Talk about ways that, uh, a couple of reasons why we should be looking forward to this weekend. All right, so uh, the power of positive thinking here. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's sunny out today in Brooklyn, you know, like my mood has improved somewhat. Um, we're, we're going with the pause, okay? okay? What do we got? Well, something you mentioned already, we have two Spanish drivers, so we have a home race for two um for two drivers. The only question is who is Carlos Sainz Sr. rooting for? <laughs> Do you did listeners know? <laughs> it the may and it may not be it may Alonso not be his son. Yeah, and Carlos Sainz Senior. Uh, I don't know if they know about this. Very sweet little friendship. Yeah, they are Squash they're true rivals. they're true besties. Um, they have they have like a, a a text thread that I'm sure is epic. I'd love to be the fly on the wall of that text thread. Um, but that would be that's nice. So it it'd be great to have Alonso do well. It'd be great to see him like break his luck. I'll be yeah. looking out for him having a great drive and even if it isn't like this you know p4 or 5 like i want him to score some point i want to see him finish in a good way a strong um and then do it in, in you know his home audience i think would be particularly outstanding signs who has a great opportunity to be on the podium for a home race mm-hmm. has he ever been on the podium in spain in spain all right i don't know there's a good chance not. Though. I would think Sorry, not. Sorry, I should have looked. I should. We should have looked that up. But Ooh, whoops. Yeah. Well, he, we've gotten really used to have seeing him on the podium. But he had before this year. He'd been on the podium like only two or three times. So yeah, maybe a couple more than that. But yeah, like a half dozen, not a lot. And two of them, I think at least one, it was after the fact. He was P4 and after the fact they changed That was a couple times where he was promoted to the podium later. There was some regulations, there was some faults, there was some changing penalties penalties and things. So he ended up getting... He's a master of the the late podium, (laughs) the the solo podium after hours celebration. They've done that at least twice. So if you are Carlos Sainz, if you are Carlos Sainz's dad, or any other fan of his, you're hoping for an IRL podium in Spain. (laughs) Okay, so we have an opportunity for two two great drivers who are going to have their home race. So there, that's okay. bringing a little bit of buzz. I'm already like, all right, all right let's see. That's what something. Okay. What else? Um, we're having a bunch of new car constructors. 
teams are bringing new specs of their cars. They're going to have some upgrades. This is big. This is really big. And so one thing that Mercedes has said flat out is they're bringing this a new car, maybe even reverting back to some old side pods that they've had. They've, oh. we'll, we'll see what they come up with. But they have made it very clear that if it the car doesn't perform this newest, latest version, they're going to just dump 2022 and it's all eyes ahead they're gonna pull a haas and just say we're just surviving until next year basically i mean how much of that they say and how much of that they can actually mean i don't know because nobody especially a team like mercedes or in a driver pairing like russell and hamilton would maybe want to accept that fact lewis in particular is not gonna want to do a rebuild for the future he's given his age he's he's got a he wants to win now. He's so zen too. He's all about the present, baby. All right. So, depending on, I'm going to be looking looking forward to seeing new these new cars. Seeing so more than most weekends, I'm going to be looking to uh, see what practice mm-hmm. yields and sort of or, you know qual- early qualifying ideas of like how are these cars are performing and what we can expect because Mercedes is a little bit you know it's further back than. Ferrari and Red Bull are, you know, pretty neck and neck, but they are still third. They're not completely out of the running of um, of a tight race here. So I don't know. Are you looking forward to seeing what Mercedes can pull out? Do you think it's just all done and dusted? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Have we heard anything from Ferrari? Because even though they're still in the lead of both championships, the Red Bull really does look at least a half step better as a car. As long as it is able to finish the race, it does look like the faster car through these last couple races. So have we heard of Ferrari in particular? Because I know they've, they obviously have a strong car, but Red Bull has done more upgrades and more tweaks through these first five races. Ferrari has mostly just stayed put on their initial design and done kind of a watch and wait thing. But I think they're gonna start bringing upgrades soon. I know. So this is where it gets the strategy. Everything gets really tricky is that Red Bull has been doing upgrades throughout, but they have spent most of their cap budget already. So Red Bull's going to reach a point where they just can't, literally can't afford, aren't allowed to do more. And that's going to come soon, sooner than later. Whereas Ferrari has come with pretty much their original car they showed up with in winter testing in Barcelona. There's been very minor tweaks, I think, but they have plenty of cap space to you know, in the last couple of races, however they want to do late season, they can put some money toward a problem if they see if they see it. And that's where those early DNFs from Red Bull are going to hurt them. Because they, know. you know, if they can't keep making the car better and they're still missing those points from the first half when maybe their car was still faster, that's, that's going to sting. Well, here's my next question and something else I'm looking forward to for this weekend. Can Red Bull close the gap further? Are we going to see... Two Red Bulls on a podium. Or are we going to see another Max win? Um, the the gap between the two drivers is nineteen points. Mm-hmm. With him, you know, with Max winning, how how close can he bring that to? What do you think? It's not going to be a flip. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not close gonna... enough where it's like Max going to pull out ahead. But is this next race going to tell you? Well, he could pull ahead if he wins and Leclerc finishes like seventh or lower. I think he could pass him. We could check our math on that, but. Something like that, um, 20, 20 point swing is needed. 
so yeah, I mean, I, I think Max can win any race he's in. The car is good. Uh, I I don't I don't unless you know I don't see unless, of course I'm saying this just after Leclerc crashed at Nicky Lauda's historic Ferrari in uh, some Monaco like uh, you know demo run. Brandon, the internet is in tears over because I was a, <laughs> this is like this a museum piece basically, and he just brings it right into the wall in his home track. I was gonna say I don't see Leclerc, you know, messing up enough for Max to make up a 19-point differential, but who knows? Yeah, it would be if I went to, like, the Met Museum and I put on, like, one of those old Victorian dresses and then I just immediately spilled, like, red wine exactly, all over it. Exactly. Like, it's just, like, how could <laughs> the history, like, it just completely smashed it. I mean, it was, it, I've seen worse crashes, but I think it was uh, ego-wise. That was what was yeah. most damaged, I think. Um, all right, so I ask about, like, um, closing the gap because obviously we have these, you know, this is where the battle of at the top is between mm-hmm. Ferrari and Red Bull, and the constructor is even closer. So that's where we can, if if Checo can come through, if we don't see a good performance from Sainz, for instance, and we have two Red Bulls on the podium, that's really going to make a difference. But there's medium speed corners that tend to be a little bit more favorable to Ferrari. It's historically been maybe a little bit worse for Red Bull. It's also the track where Max had his very first Formula One win as the youngest Formula driver to win a race. Right. He was 18 years old. This was back in 2016. So there's kind of Ferrari might do well, but this has also been a very good track for Max in certain points. So um, I don't know. I'm going to be looking to see how close that, that gap can be closed. All right. So... Who does better than expected and who does worse than expected? I have one more point. Okay, one more point. Then let's get to that. There's been so many new tracks, so many like running around like the world. We've been in places where there are missile crises. There's been places where like it, it's, I feel like there's been so much drama and so much hype around all these different kinds of tracks lately that this next race is the first race in Europe we've had all season so far, which kind of feels like mind-blowing that it is a European sport in a way. So our kind of Formula One's coming back to European soil the first time we're going to be... And we'll be mostly there through the meat of the middle of the season, right? Exactly. It's, it's Monaco, and then it's Baku, and then I don't have the calendar in front of me, but it's Silverstone, and then on the other side of the break, it's Spa and Zandvoort, Monza. and... France is in there, Monza. So yeah, it's going to be pretty European for for a little while here. So one of the things that kind of that brings up is that there's a lot of new fans that have come this uh, in the last couple of years or even as recently as last race. So maybe there's a lot of new American fans who've been watching the Miami Miami bandwagon crew. Okay, welcome guys. Are they going to be disappointed or excited about return going to Europe? (laughs) Is you know, not to temporary expectations too much, but very different vibe in Barcelona. Yeah, but this, you know, this is where F1 becomes, you know, vicarious travel, you know, geographic exploration. I, 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 think, I think it's cool. I think the new fans are going to be into it. We're, we're touring the globe to, you know, desirable locations with the, the F1 roadshow. So I think they'll like it. Anyway, I have I hope I at least have convinced you somewhat that there's a couple of reasons why boringish track 
it's not as glitzy as, as like and dramatic as a lot of the other tracks and maybe races we've seen so far but i think there's still a lot to look forward to and i'm i'm ready to watch all right all right so your question one driver who does better than expected and one who does worse do you have an answer for this no i don't either <laughs> i i all right i want lando i want i want lando to to get back in the mix here that would be great um the the hard part to answer this question is that after every race I've I've I resets my bar of expectation. Yeah. So like I would say I would want Albon to do well because because I already expect him to do P nine or P ten. So right. I don't know if that's better or worse. Um, You've Albon in the points again, possibly. Yeah. All right. Albon in the points, and I. I hope. Alonzo does better. I hope he has a, yes, has a I hope so uneventfully too. good race. That is my, my one He has a way of not getting quite what he deserves out of every race. And so. coming so close to getting it is yeah. So let's let's fix that this week. Alright, let's let's root let's root for let's root for the hometown drivers actually. Home home country drivers at least. Alright, Olivia, anything else? I mean, what more do you want from me? This is like a this is a little bonus app. Nothing. All right. We'll uh let's check in after the race. All right. I'll see All you right. then. Bye bye.